0: This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks... We show up at Augusta and we're walking out to go on the first hole, and they give you a caddy dressed in white, just like you see on the Masters, and the guys start laughing and I go, hey, what, what are you guys laughing about? And they go, we're just cracking up. You guys are cracking us up. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we looked on the board. We saw Dave Parker, and Dave Parker was a. There's a Dave Parker who was a famous Pittsburgh Pirate baseball player. And he goes, obviously this isn't Dave Parker. And then we thought John Cook was the pro golfer, John Cook. (laughs) So they were laughing. Now here's your host Lauren Cook.
1: Welcome back. It's another month, which means another episode of Conversation with the Cooks tonight as you called it, Coach Cook, uh, it's a wine cast, not a podcast, because we're drinking a little wine. And for anyone wondering, we're both well over the age of 21, so we can be drinking wine while we podcast. If
0: I still get my ID checked all the time.
1: No way. I don't believe it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're probably just trying to check it so they can get your address or probably some yeah. information about you yeah. to come pay you a visit or yep. who knows. I don't, know. I don't know what information's on your ID, but here's what I want to know. I always open the podcast. So if you were going to open the podcast, how would you open it?
0: First of all, I would get Mike Elliott's voice <laughs> going in the Nebraska volleyball podcast. He's with you tonight. That'd be the first thing. Uh, Mike
1: has a really deep voice. Yeah.
0: Live from Lincoln, Nebraska.
1: Maybe that's what you can do after you retire. Is Yeah. I'd is, be really good at that. Yeah.
0: I'm just open it up.
1: Okay. so, so game
0: day, baby. Let's go. It's game day podcast.
1: <laughs> that's all you would say? Yeah. Okay. That's, we'll stick with uh, me opening up the podcast yeah, then. you open it up. So last, last time we talked, we touched on your pilot's license and flying. So it gave me the idea to start talking about just some other hobbies or interests that you have outside of volleyball.
0: Hobby number one, working out. I lift <laughs> and I bike. Hobby number two, yoga with Ingrid. House of Lotus, unbelievable. Got to do it. I'm need to. i going to start, once the season's over, I'm going to start doing it three times a week. Hobby number three, walking the wolfies out of Firethorn. Uh, hobby number four would be reading. I wish I had more time to read, and I can only get about three pages a night because I fall asleep, but uh, love to read. I got several books that I want to read. One on performing under pressure. Another one I just... Uh, learned about is called The Compound Effect, which is a really interesting book. I've actually shared some of it with our players about if you watch video over and over and over, eventually you'll start picking up things from watching your video or watching other great players. And there's several examples in there of, the compound effect is like, you know, money. You put in money and it compounds and then it makes more money and then it makes more money because of the compound effect. So this applies to business and sports and performance there's a compound effect if you do things over and over. And as you know, Lauren, we do the same drills every day, same practice plan probably when you played, maybe tweaked here a little bit, but that's what I view as the compound effect. And this is what successful people do and successful teams do. So just as a side note, I was watching video with Matty Kubik today and we were looking at a player, his name's Kubiak from Poland. He's six foot, one of the best players in the world, and he's only six feet. And are we rambling too much here?
1: Well, I'm laughing for a <laughs> few reasons. One, you can hear, we're at your house and you have a cat, so you can hear the cat meowing. Yeah. Then Henley, just my dog, she's here. She just grabbed a squeaker toy and yeah. I think we heard a squeak. And then.
0: This is why we call it a wine cast. The
1: <laughs> third reason I'm laughing is because I had this all typed out, a prepared script, and, and you just took this hobby section away. And so I'm going to have to. Well, I'm telling you my you. hobbies. I know, Reading. Well, but I'm
0: trying to apply, you know, what I read and how would I apply it. So, do you want me to finish that or not? Yeah.
1: So let's finish with the, the reading because so that I, was on my list. Yeah. So
0: I was watch uh, watching video with Maddie today, and so anyway, we pulled up this Michael Kubiak, six foot outside hitter from Poland. They were world champs couple two years ago, and anyway, this, he did a couple shots, and I said, "Who do you see make that shot when we play short court, or who do you see make that shot when we're playing?" And both answers were Jalen because Jalen plays like this guy. Jalen's about six feet, but he does the same thing, falls down after every hit, does these tool shots. She goes, well, Jalen. I said, where do you think Jalen learned how to do that? Do you think he learned somebody told him how to do that, or do you think he learned by watching? Because he watches these, all these matches, because when he coached men's volleyball, they study these guys. And sure enough, there's an example of the compound effect. And a little freshman picked it up in one little video session, two, two plays, and she knew who, who does that in our gym.
1: Okay. So reading was one of the hobbies that I have on my list for you, but can you recommend your top three books that you've ever read?
0: Um, coaching from the, with the heart by Mike Krzyzewski, Duke basketball coach would be one. Thanks. Yeah. From good to great to unstoppable is another one. It's a really interesting story about a guy who actually worked with the Chicago bulls, but his story to get to that point is fascinating. And anyway, it's, a and then um, there's a book that I um, read called Merle's Door. It's about a dog in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, actually, Kelly, Wyoming. This guy finds a stray dog, and it's about their story. It's a it's great, great book. I've given that out to several people, Merle's Door. But there's a lot of good books that I've read that I could also mention. But those are the three that pop on the top of my head right now.
1: Do you remember when you, I think you were recruiting Megan Hodge, At the time and she's from north carolina and i was i used well i still am a huge duke basketball fan because i picked it up from you because you like coach k so much and duke was happened to be playing i don't know if you timed it by going to see megan the same time that duke was playing north carolina at north carolina i wish we could have went to the to the game at duke but still it's duke versus north carolina which is one of the biggest Rivalries,
0: yeah. Tickets were we were in line, we had tickets in line to get our tickets, and dudes were selling for 500 bucks to people walking up and selling. Students were selling for 500 bucks,
1: and that was just a regular in season game, yeah.
0: But I think both teams were ranked top five. It was huge. I think you're right, it was like
1: I think it was one versus two or two versus three or something. We got to go that because you were making
0: a visit, visit to. Well, no, I got, no. actually got tickets from. Um, A I took you coach. with me, yeah, football coach who used to coach at Nebraska, who was coaching yeah. at North Carolina. You,
1: but you were recruiting Megan Hodge. Yeah. So we, I remember we went to her practice, yeah. and then um, I went with you, and then you took me to the Duke, North, North Carolina basketball game. Yeah. That was, there's one thing you do before you die. I feel and like it's go see one of those games. Oh,
0: yeah. It's, it was crazy. I mean, that Dean Dome seat's like 23,000. But the real question is why didn't we get Megan Hodge? And I have the answer. Okay. If people <laughs> on the podcast want to know. They even know who Megan Hodge is. She's one of the greatest players ever to play college. She was on the Penn State team that I think won three or four national championships in a row. It's on the
1: national team,
0: she made the play in the one of the greatest games ever played in Omaha in 2008 when we played Penn State and they hadn't lost a set all year. And we're in the we're in the fifth game and she we're we're up 11-9 and she makes us hit out of the back row. That was just ridiculous. But anyway, the reason we did not get her, Lauren, and this is. I've never shared this publicly or anything, but we went all out for her. I had the chancellor over for dinner. She was over for dinner. Her dad I was I think I remember here. this. I mean, we, it, was the, it was as good a visit as we could possibly do. And it came down to us in Penn State. Uh, she could have gone anywhere she wanted. And she chose Penn State over Nebraska because of one reason.
1: How, how fitting, you just played Penn State. Yeah. So let's hear well, the we've reason. We've had a lot of
0: battles with Penn State recruiting. Should we take a commercial break and come back to that answer? <laughs> no. Sell some ads right now. <laughs> People are on their on the edge of their seats. The reason we didn't get her is because she said you guys don't have a student section and she says, I want to go play for the students. And this started and this this in okay, this was in probably two thousand and five, six, somewhere in there but we were in the Coliseum and we didn't have a student section because we were sold out and students couldn't get in. So that always stayed with me for a long time. And when we had the chance to go to Devaney, that was one of the motivations to leave the Coliseum to go to Devaney because we could be we could create a student section. And that's one of our goals. Now, the problem is the people that set up the seating in Devaney, our students are in three sections and they don't want to move the people who paid the courtside seats and had season tickets in the end zones at the Coliseum they don't want to move them and upset all those people so that's why they put them in the three corners which I don't like I want all the students together but we've made it work pretty good and and uh, our season tickets people are happy and but we do have a pretty good student section now it's full every time and they have fun
1: they're hilarious yeah they're awesome if they're on social have you do you follow their social media uh no they so i'll get you set up but they are i don't know who runs it but someone runs a social media account for the block which is the student student oh. section and they're they tweet some they have some great tweets and uh so not only are they in full force at matches but even during away matches they'll be tweeting stuff out. Hey, have you seen some of their signs though? I mean, they oh, have aloe vera hilarious. gel. Yeah. yeah. When Lexi gets a yeah. son or not when Lexi's son gets a kill yeah. for being sunburned, they have the Miller time sign. when Megan Miller does something. Well, uh, who else, Oh, the, did you see the Rubik's cube? No. So they got a Rubik, you know what a Rubik's cube yeah. is, right? They got a Rubik's cube and they put a bunch of pictures of Maddie cubic on it. It's a Kubik's cube. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Really, I haven't seen that one. I don't
1: know how they come up with this stuff, yeah. but it's hilarious. JB just JB and I just sit up there and, and watch all the different uh, signs that come out, and that's our entertainment during the match.
0: Yeah, cool. All I know is they're there early. They're the first ones in. They start filling up. I'm sitting up there in my office waiting to, for JB to come to do the pregame show, and I'm just watching them fill in there, and they're awesome. I, you know, I buy those guys tickets when we get to the, if we get to the tournament and get to host, and then I buy them pizza, and they're awesome, and we're just re- really – feel fortunate that we have a great student section now. This is the first year, Lauren, again, we could take a commercial break here and sell some more commercials for this one, but this is the first year the student section sold out completely before the season started. So we sold out all the season tickets, all the tickets for the student section for the year in August before we even had a match. First time ever.
1: So they don't sell them the day of?
0: No, they sell them ahead of time. So they give the incoming freshmen a chance to buy and then they open it up for students to buy and they all sold out normally let's say there's a thousand maybe 700 will sell out and they'll have 300 that's on a game-to-game basis this year they sold completely out it's cool it's the place to be man so
1: now you'll never lose a recruit
0: <laughs> not because of that i wish we could have another shot of megan hodge there will
1: be another megan hodge that comes around with. Okay, so we talked about reading, we've talked about flying in the last podcast, you touched on how you like to work out, and you especially like to cycle, or bike, bike ride cycle, whatever you want to call it, tomato, tomato. So before home matches, your game day routine is you always ride the bike.
0: No, it depends on the day.
1: You t- I, every time there's a match... Oh,
0: on the road? Yeah, when we're on the road, I do.
1: And at home?
0: Uh, it depends on the day, like tomorrow
1: you Wednesday. Well, tomorrow do, you're doing yoga, yoga. Yeah. but most home, like, like yeah. it was a Saturday home match. You're going to go on your bike downstairs, yeah. cycle we, it out for an hour. And then that's part of out. your,
0: or, or I'll lift weights. If it's a non cycle day alternate,
1: but you also like to ride the gravel trails, the Mopac mm-hmm. here around Lincoln. And I want you to tell the story about the time that you were riding on the Mopac and you got hit by a car. Mom calls me, tells me you got hit by a car. I'm in tears. And then you show up at practice totally fine. Yeah. Which I don't think you were totally fine, but you're at, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh no, some, we're, I'm going to have to go visit him in the hospital. What's going to happen to the rest of our season? And there you were coaching at practice a couple hours later.
0: Um, it actually was not on the Mopac. I was heading to the Mopac. Oh, okay. And it was in the parking lot at where Fireworks Restaurant is. Uh, actually, I was cutting through there. There's a shell station and fireworks. I was cutting through the little back row there. So my whole goal is to stay off the busy roads so you can cut through there, get on a sidewalk, go out and catch the Mopac. Anyway, it was 7 in the morning and we were in 2 days and that morning we didn't practice so I decided I was going to go for a ride. It was a beautiful day and I was cutting through there and all of a sudden, here comes a car cutting through there and I'm completely on the other side and all of a sudden, she just makes a 90-degree turn and I see I see her coming and she just took me right out i flipped over the car and fortunately i had a helmet and uh because i was i was pretty dinged up i had a you know a bruise on my leg where the car hit the side of my leg and um <clears throat> which is now i have a new hip there but i had that bruise probably for a year and but if it, the and my helmet had cracked and they, the fire guys said if i didn't have the helmet on it, there's no way i would have survived it so for a long time after that I came out I really started promoting helmets for bike riding because you just never know. I mean it was just that was just like, you know, a little road back there, nobody's even on it. It's just like a little cut through those between those businesses and but this girl was in the morning, she wasn't paying attention and never saw me. I mean it's I, you know, I don't know how she didn't see me. She wasn't watching. And I saw her come and try to get out of the way but couldn't. So he took me in, checked me out, said Coach, you got practice this afternoon, get your butt over there.
1: No, they didn't. I <laughs> yeah, did.
0: You, to, you said, suck it up and get to practice.
1: Was this at Brian, where all the nurses love you, or was this at a different hospital? It was,
0: it was at Brian. yeah.
1: Okay, where you have all your nurse friends, doctor friends. Yeah. You, you pretty much have a second home there with hip replacements and bike injuries. It's
0: good to be connected.
1: <laughs> I also have golfing on the list, which you used to golf pretty frequently when you had time. And I don't see you golfing as often now, but you were a pretty good golfer. However, you had anger management issues when you would get on the golf course. I mean, like throwing golf clubs, it was Tiger Woods. I don't know, was that in the masters or something that he threw? wasn't there a famous hit or something that happened and then he would get mad and throw his golf club?
0: Yeah, or he'd break it over his knee.
1: So that happened multiple times? Yeah. Okay. Well, that that was pretty much you when you would go golfing because you would get so mad. Usually your balls would go, what is it called, shank? Slice. Slice right, slice left. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I always would look out there, and if I saw someone throwing their golf clubs, it was probably you. Yeah. So why don't you golf as much?
0: Lauren, it just uh, takes a lot of time got to practice my hip was bothering me so that didn't help it so I decided not not to stop playing and, and your brother played a lot so I would play with him but when he left so but I get asked all the time to play and love to play but it's uh takes a lot of time and you know because my hip was hurting a lot so it just didn't help that so that's why I stopped playing but maybe this summer I'll start next summer I'll start playing.
1: You've had the opportunity to golf at what I think is two of the best golf courses in the world Augusta yes and Prairie Club can you just talk a little bit about both of those
0: well Prairie Club is up in the sand hills and actually, even more better than Prairie Club is the Sand Hills Golf Course which I, you get to go once in your life if you somebody will take you and Steve Irwin the F- U.S. Bank President who just retired who now runs Crow Butte Beef Company he took me out there we had a great time
1: what is it called? Sandhills?
0: The Sandhills, yeah. Sand, it's the Sandhills. So there's Dismal River. Yeah. There's Dismal River. There's Prairie, Prairie Club. And then, and then, the then sand there's Sandhills. Yeah.
1: Okay. And you only get to go yeah. once? Yep.
0: It's a mystical experience. Mystical. It's unbelievable. And actually, I went running. So we played golf, and those guys play like 36 holes. I can't play that much, so I decided I was going to go for a little jog, and I'm jogging out on the road out there, and here's this big old rattlesnake crossing the road. Anyway... And then uh, Augusta, so Harold Anderson, who used to be the former editor of the Omaha World Herald, great man. Well, when Coach Pettit won the national championship in 1995, he did an interview, and he said, man, the only thing left is to play Augusta. So Harold Anderson was a member at Augusta. There's only two members from Nebraska at Augusta, Warren Buffett and Harold Anderson at the time. So Harold Anderson took uh, Coach Pettit down there, and so when we won the national championship in 2006— he called me up and said, "Hey, would you like to go to Augusta?" And I said, "Sure." So I went with a guy named Rod Bates, who used to run Net, and a guy named Dave Parker. Anyway, this is the story. We show up at Augusta and we're walking out to go on the first hole, and they give you a caddy dressed in white, just like you see on the Masters. And the guys start laughing, and I go, "Hey, what, what, uh, what are you guys laughing about?" And they go, "We're just cracking up. You guys are cracking us up." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, well, we looked on the board. We saw Dave Parker, and Dave Parker was a f- there's a Dave Parker who was a famous Pittsburgh Pirate baseball player, like Hall of Fame. And he goes, obviously, this isn't Dave Parker. And then we thought John Cook was the pro golfer John Cook. <laughs> so they were laughing. So anyway, Harold Anderson, he has his own caddy there that always takes care of him, tees up the ball. He was older. And he comes up to me, he goes, hey, I just want you to know... Um, I watched the whole national championship match, followed you guys. My daughter watched it. It was awesome. And he and he goes, I want to see your ring. And uh, he goes, you know, it's really cool that you're here. So that was pretty cool. And once once the, uh, the other caddies knew that, then, like, we were cool. And anyway, that, that was an incredible experience.
1: Which rink's higher, Augusta or Sandhills?
0: Sandhills, I think, really? because Sandhills is, it's Nebraska, it's Cowboys, it's Rattlesnakes, it's... It's built into the sand hills, so it's all natural and very natural, and the wind changes it. If the wind blows or it rains, it changes the course. It changes the sand traps. Uh, anyway, it's, it's really cool. It's very Spartan conditions. You get steak for dinner, and there's a cowboy grilling hamburgers at the ninth hole when you turn for lunch. I mean, he's, I mean this guy's a cowboy. And he's out there, boots, cowboy hat, and he's grilling out there, making hamburgers for you. incredible hamburgers, you know, because it's Sandhills beef.
1: But you can never go back, right?
0: You, if you're not a member there, you can only go once in your life, you know, so that's that's the thing. So if a member takes you, you can go once, because it's a very exclusive private club, you know, it's not very big.
1: Okay, the last hobby that you mentioned that I also had on my list was walking the dogs. and. You, I think you wrote in your book that some of your greatest coaching ideas have come to mind when you've been out walking the dogs. Yep. Why do you think that is?
0: Well, Lauren, the Japanese, you know, live in a very crowded country, big cities, and it's very congested, crowded. I mean, Tokyo takes two hours to get through if you drive through it or take a bus. So they have forests and they, they call it forest bathing they go to the forest to relax and unwind and get in touch with nature. And that's what it is out here where we walk the dogs. I just feel like my mind gets so creative and it's like a forest bath. You're with nature, everything just shuts down and, and then your, your mind can think really clearly and creatively. And um, so it's very relaxing and there's actual studies done. And I've talked to our players about this that for them to relax and, and wind down Go for a walk in nature. Go go in the park somewhere, you know. That's why they build parks in Chicago, so people can get away from the cities and, and just unwind. Do
1: you, So do you do it more for the mental aspect or for exercise, walking exercise? No, it's
0: more for relaxing in the mental aspect. And then taking the wolfies. They love to go. They like chase the squirrels and <laughs> and sniff, and they, they love it. So And it's a good chance, to, you know, I get to walk with Wendy, and we get to talk, and you know catch up on things so it's a good it's a really good break I love it
1: I remember one time you you guys were out walking and you sent us a picture and Caden had a deer he found a deer leg yeah it was a bone that was somewhere hidden on the golf course and he sniffed it down and yeah. I mean it was the size of probably a medium-sized dog I mean it was huge
0: yeah well it was the size of a deer <laughs> yeah I yeah, yeah. think it was a deer that probably got uh, eaten by coyotes and and he found the leg bone
1: well some deer you have bambi sized deer that yeah. are little well, and then you say, have yeah this I mean, was a buck
0: yeah i mean he was you took all his muscle to carry that thing
1: okay so we're gonna do a little bit of what i call rapid fire questioning but we're gonna do it in slow motion, just so like
0: what you do with the players, Lauren. Yes, yeah. For it called? The, the
1: player spotlight.
0: Pa- okay, so this is like coach spotlight. Should now? we
1: start doing the coach spot, no. coaches spotlight? No. no. <laughs> you have enough going on. You don't need you don't need another thing to add to your list. So, I'm just gonna go through and ask you some questions, and I really want you to take your time and think about these answers and give me. But the, then it wouldn't detailed. be rapid fire. I know. So it's so it's oh. rapid fire questions in slow motion. Slo- oh, okay. Yep. So the first one, if you could meet one person, who would it be and why? They dead alive, it doesn't matter. Let's start maybe someone who's alive and then someone who has maybe passed away. Let's wow. do you can answer both. So you, I guess you could say two people.
0: This is going to be really slow motion.
1: Okay, that's okay.
0: Okay. So you're talking about one. I would say Phil Jackson, but I already met him.
1: Okay. Why?
0: Great basketball coach. You know, I haven't met Eddie Vedder, lead Pearl Jam singer. I've met all of his band, but not him. So he might be one guy I'd like to meet. And I'd love to meet Kevin Costner because he's the, you know, the show Yellowstone. Love it. So I want to be Kevin Costner.
1: You don't watch a lot of TV, but you have watched that show from start to finish.
0: Yeah, it's the only show I watch. So those would be two guys. I wouldn't mind meeting like, uh, I mean, I like sports people, but I think I like, you know singers that are really famous. You know they just perform performers. Just be fun to meet guys like that. But anyway.
1: Okay. What scares you the most, or what fears do you have?
0: Um, hate losing. <laughs> Fear we're not going to play well. <laughs> you know those. those I'm I'm those, terrified those, of spiders. Those, so is there okay. anything
1: that just really terrifies you, like snakes, spiders, clowns? No. Nothing. Just no. losing and
0: just players. You know, women on pe having PMS.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. What is your biggest regret?
0: Oh, Lauren, um,
1: coaching regret, life regret. So
0: many. I, I wrote a whole chapter in my book about it. There's regrets about recruits, about how I coach things. I still, I'm still haunted by how I coached the 2007 team that's that's a big one I didn't I didn't I wish I could do that one over. What about a um, regret
1: outside of volleyball?
0: Outside of volleyball um, I'd have to think about that that's a lot.
1: Maybe we'll answer it on the next podcast. Yeah but regardless if anyone wants to know your your long list of regrets they can go read your book. Okay what is your greatest accomplishment either with volleyball or off the court outside of volleyball?
0: Greatest accomplishment well it depends how you define accomplishment I mean, when what, what are you talking about personal, family, yeah, let's my, answer My greatest accomplishment is raising you and your brother, probably.
1: Are you just saying that because I'm right here?
0: Yeah, but that was a challenge <laughs> to get through that.
1: Well, okay, give me, uh, yeah, it can be personal, it can be family, it can be volleyball related. Just give me one other accomplishment. Maybe a national championship, maybe.
0: I, I think um, probably, well, there's a lot, but one would be um, getting a scholarship to college. You know, I was. Nobody, you know, your grandma and grandpa didn't go to college and it was never talked about. I mean, we didn't know what college was. And the fact that I got to go to college and I got a scholarship, I actually got a leadership scholarship to play basketball, that was that was a big accomplishment. And I think I, I always dreamed of a kid that I was going to go to the Olympics. I just didn't know what sport, but I got to go as a coach in volleyball. Now, I never dreamed that, but I was thinking maybe I can go in sailing. Maybe I, I was looking at being a um, – trying out for the indoor – um handball team which I think it's called yeah, team handball where they go back and forth and throw balls in the goals so yeah there's those are two things I'm pretty proud of besides you know raising two great kids who still talk to me
1: <laughs> all right
0: and ask for money
1: oh my gosh whatever <laughs> maybe Taylor not me yeah. anymore okay besides coaching because we all know Your one of your biggest motivations is getting up and showing up for your team and and to coach every day. But what's something else that motivates you in the morning or energizes you?
0: Well, I like to get up, uh, and get going, you know, and
1: I know, but what, what's other than coaching, what's your purpose or what's something that gets you excited in the morning, ready to go, ready to take on the day, just coaching, coaching,
0: (laughs) my job, (laughs) coaching. It's a new day. Got to get better. You know, always trying to get better. Uh, how are we going to do it today? What can we, I could do different? How can I be creative? How can I teach? And it was the same when I was a teacher. I, I look forward to going like, okay, can I be a better teacher today than I was? What, what can I do to motivate people? What challenges are we going to have today? So it's, you know, it's when you love you love your job and you love what you do, you look forward to it.
1: Okay, now it is time. Sometimes,
0: though, it it's stopping and get a green matcha tea at scooters. That's That's also... Something I look forward to with With almond milk. With almond milk,
1: yeah. Don't forget about that almond milk. Okay, it is finally time for our cook confession and our cook lesson. (laughs) I'm sure you're not prepared, so I'll start. My cook confession is. uh, when I was younger, and I don't know what age this was, but when you and mom used to make me take naps during the day, so probably like four, five, I don't know what how old kids are normally when they take naps, but uh, you guys would lay me down for naps, and I had this Lion King cup. I remember it was green and blue, and it had Simba and um, some of the other characters from the Lion King on it, and mom would always put water in it, or if you put me down, you'd put water in it, and you guys would say, like, you have to drink this before... You go to sleep, just making sure that I got in the habit of drinking water and staying hydrated. And sometimes what I would do is I would drink some of the water, lay down for the nap, wait till your mom fell asleep, depending on who was laying with us. And then I would go into the kitchen and climb up. Uh, There was um, a high mom's baking stuff was in a cabinet that was high up. So I would have to climb on the counter and then I would put sugar in my water because I hated the taste of water. And no. mom caught me a few times, either up on the counter, or she would. I would come back and have water, and she. I don't know if she would see sugar in my water, but I got scolded a few times. But it's water's just better when there's sugar in it, mm-hmm. so that's my cook confession. Mm-hmm. Does that surprise you? Uh, do you remember that?
0: No, I do not remember that. It was
1: probably mom putting me down for naps most of the time. No. So we'll have to ask her if she remembers that. Yeah. Okay, and then my cook lesson is just to trust your training and that, you say that a lot for volleyball, or in volleyball and practice and matches, but I think it also applies to everyday life. You've prepared for the moments that come up and you just have to trust what got you there and the preparation that you put in beforehand, whether it's you're making dinner or you're going to give a speech or you're you know going to coach a volleyball match, whatever it may be, you just always have to trust your training.
0: Am I supposed to comment about that? Or?
1: Well, now you're supposed to give, well, yeah, you're supposed to say, wow, Lauren, those that was a great oh. confession and a great lesson. Yeah,
0: yeah. You had a, how, how much time to think about that?
1: <laughs> now you have to give your confession and lesson. Okay, well,
0: your, your sugar thing, I'll, I'll follow one up that. So when I was a little kid, we lived on a lemon ranch, and my great-grandmother lived in the house next to us, and... She was an older lady, and she had another lady that kind of lived with her and took care of her and made her meals. And she would bake chocolate chip cookies. And I figured out
1: you've already told oh, this. Oh, <laughs> oh, I did. Okay, you're losing it.
0: Shoot, well, that was a good. You one. would steal
1: cookies from the cookie yeah. jar.
0: What podcast we share that on?
1: I think it was number two, maybe oh. podcast number two. Oh, okay. Because we did it all about San Diego and growing up. And I think I remember you talking about that. Because that yeah. was the first I'd ever heard of that story. And I remember you bringing it up on the podcast. So do you have another confession?
0: Uh, not off the top of my head, no.
1: <laughs> Nothing uh, juicy?
0: No, Lauren, I live a pretty boring life. Um,
1: any any other stories when you were a kid?
0: Not that I can just think of off the top of my head, no.
1: Because you were a perfect child. Minus yeah. stealing cookies well, out I'll, of the cookie you know, I'll give
0: you one. So this is how stupid I was. We used to make pipe bombs and and put <laughs> these M-80 pipe bombs with black powder. Of course, back then, you know, that was, you can go get black powder and do all this. So we'd make these bombs and we would put, you know, like the cash register rolls, the big white yeah. rolls, we would take an M-80 and put it in the middle and then we would take it somewhere and like down the street or we'd go to the high school and blow it up and it would blow like confetti everywhere. I mean, it would be like a paper bomb, but... Those are pretty loud, right? Oh, really loud. Yeah. The police would always show up. We would light it and go watch.
1: Would you, did you get in trouble for that Uh, back then? They
0: they never caught us. So I'll I'll give you another one, Lauren, since we're on it. (laughs) You don't want to save
1: it for the next podcast? Let's
0: let's get this one out right here. So when I was at college, University of San Diego on my leadership scholarship, they were doing construction and on the entrance where the gym is. And anyway, they had a a tractor backhoe there. So one night we're like, I got in there and started it up and we started driving around campus (laughs) and then here come the police so we pulled it over and a couple of guys were hanging on riding and we all ran down the canyon in the dark so they couldn't find us so there's one you didn't know
1: so that's where your love of backhoes began that's
0: exactly right
1: (laughs) okay what's your cook lesson
0: uh cook lesson the the big the big one i'm on today is that we talked about the compound effect i'm i'm really intrigued with this idea of Doing things over and over and over and it compounds and eventually it pays off just like you, your money compounds. It just it fascinates me, that part of it. And I'm just thinking of ways we can do that. So we actually started in our our practice uh, today. We're changing. We can film anything in practice, and, but now we're gonna f- we film it and then we go have them watch it. So they'll see like maybe seven eight plays in a row. They watch it. while somebody else rotates and go back. So we're really I'm really trying to take this compound effect to another level. People should think about how that whatever jobs they're in or whatever, how they can do things to compound and then build, you know, like compound money where it just multiplies over and over and over. You can do things over and over and over where it multiplies and pays off.
1: Is that the same as, someone wrote a book about this, how he was a terrible golfer and then he played 10,000 hours worth of golf and he became a really good golfer. Is that that the same concept?
0: Yeah, he was trying to prove the 10,000 hours. He became pretty good. He never could become elite. But after 10,000 hours, he became pretty good. But that's
1: separate from the compound effect. Yeah,
0: the compound effect's more, again, it's, it's uh, for example, here's another thing we're, we talk to our players about, and I, I already do this, I didn't even think about it, but you go in my office, I have notebooks of every practice plan we've ever done for the last over 10 years, and they're all lined up in there. In fact, I'm running out of room. But part of the compound effect is successful people write stuff down and they write it down over and over and over. And so that's an example of I'm writing a practice plan and I save it. And it's it's over and over and over. I can go back and look in those. But again, I'm keeping track of it. I'm writing it down. So again, that's just continuing to compound over and over and over as we have that. And, And each day I can refer back and build off of what we did the day before or what we did a year before or what we did five years ago. So again, another example of writing things down and keeping track of them and building off of those. So that's my new cook lesson right now that, you know, I I find these things and that's what makes coaching fun. You're finding them, We try to implement them with our team and, and go from there.
1: Love it. Well, since I let you open the podcast, would you like to give me your best closing?
0: I I need to hear Mike Elliott's voice one more time. (laughs) This is the Nebraska volleyball podcast with Lauren and, uh, Thanks for joining us. Good night, Husker Nation.
1: It's actually Conversation with the Cooks. Oh,
0: Conversation with the Cooks,
1: okay. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next month. Go Big Red.
0: Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb, edited by Josh Hilkeman, sound design by Brett Whitty, voiceover by Mike Elliott, cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Or listen and find out more at Huskers.com slash podcasts.